You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This is Stuck. Not just any Stuck. Season 3 Stuck. And as you know by now, I'm Rochelle Pereira from Equilibrium, the book. And I'm Damian Bazadonna from Situation, the gut. This season, we've partnered with our friends at Synopsys, the leading news source for anyone in the media and entertainment business. And this is an ideal partnership for us because they're asking millennials and Gen Zers about unique situations in the workplace that have them stuck. And we know that this is a group that has many burning questions, so we're super excited to tackle these issues head on. You guys know the rules by now. Our producers, Katie, Peter, and Stephanie, will read your questions to us here in the studio, and we only have five minutes to think about it before weighing in. Per usual, our responses are not edited or researched. They're instinctual and based on our experiences alone. So let's get started. This question is from Eva, who is a millennial and has worked in TV production management for the last 11 years. She's recently been curious about working in a different department, such as development, and it seems to her like the best move would be to apply to be someone's assistant in that department. But she has worked long and hard to obtain her current salary and role, so taking that big of a step back is challenging. She's wondering if she can negotiate for a higher salary in order to support the cost of living since she already has a higher baseline salary. And she's also curious as to how she can get back into the mindset of being the lowest person on the ladder. She knows that she's outgrown her current field, but she feels paralyzed to make such a big move. What if she's immediately unhappy in this role too? Do you have any sense on whether or not she's switching to, uh, was it development? Yeah. Is she switching to development because she wants to move to development? Or does she just want to, or does she kind of just trip upon that of like, I want to get out of what I'm currently doing and try something new. Ooh, development looks good. Like, I, do you know the root of, of what that is? I don't know those the, that in-depth of detail, but the way that the full question came across when she asked it is that she's not entirely sure that this is the exact department she wants to move into, but it's the one she's had her eye on as she's been kind of festering in this I'm unhappy for a while bit. So she likes the organization, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Fair? Okay. And do we have a sense of how big the organization is? I do not. It's got to be big. I'm assuming big. Anytime a production you've got company. Development, yeah, production yeah. development. And 
mm-hmm. and the fact that the ecosystem is being defined, like the career choices are being defined by the ecosystem of the organization tells me it's probably a pretty big company. Got it. Mm-hmm. Been there for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 Season three of Stuck is brought to you in partnership with Synopsis, the leading news source for all things media and entertainment. So, Damien, give me the lowdown. What are your top five reasons for subscribing to the newsletter? Okay, Rochelle loves a great list, so here you go. Number five, they have an amazing job board. If you work in the media business, this is the ultimate job board for you. Number four, they deliver it early in the morning to my inbox. I think it comes in at like four in the morning, this like chock full of information that allows me to start my day understanding the media business before I walk into my first meeting. That's awesome. Number three, it's no frills. It is primarily copy, which is fantastic. I take the train in the morning. I want something that loads quick, that I can read quick, that gives me the information I need. Number two, it has an executive move section. How cool is that? It essentially allows you to know who got canned and who got hired. And number one, and I know you're waiting for it. Oh, I'm waiting. Here it comes. Synopsis starts with a C. (laughs) Mind blown. Okay, I'm sold. I'm going to go to the website, and that is C-Y-N-O-P-S-I-S.com to subscribe to the newsletter. And we thank them very much for their support. So, Damien, I want to, I want to ask a question for myself, but perhaps there are other people listening who would have the same question. Let's, can we define what a development role entails? Because that that word yeah. is used in a different way in many different kinds of organizations. Well, development is a seeking out uh, in the media in the media business. Development is essentially the process of seeking out new works for the sake of developing them, right? So you're looking for new properties, new things you want to develop, new things you want to create. Production is typically the process of then creating that new development. Right. So from my understanding, um, Eva right now is in the production side and the making side, and she wants to move a little bit further, uh, earlier into the process of the development of what actually gets chosen to be greenlit. Got it. So so just in terms of an example, um, in development, they may be looking at scripts of, say, like new... TV shows, and they decide which ones are going to go into production, and then it would go into production to be made. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Um, with that said, I my number one question is, what are the transferable skills of what she's currently doing in TV production management, and how does that translate to development? And I think, like, for me, that's the starting point of what are the skill sets that are necessary because on the face of it, at least from my ears, development sounds pretty sexy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, are we attracted to it because it sounds really cool? Or are we attracted to it because we think we're uniquely talented or skilled to be able to do that job? Yeah, well, no, I bet you, I think that they're two different, they're, they're two different paths, though. And I'm sure clearly there's going to be overlap between those two different universes. But I'm assuming putting myself in Eva's shoes when she walks in with a resume and doesn't, and got X number of years of experience with none of those years being tied to the process of new development and and the development phase, that that's going to be a headwind for her. And I guess what you're driving at is, how does she take the skills that she has to be able to dress it up in a way to say, actually, I have more experience than you think, correct? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's possible. I think without going into the detail, I think that it's it's possible, right? Because I would imagine you understand the process of the finance, probably, let's just say for argument's sake, you understand the financials and the operations of what it takes to for on the new development side of what literally should get greenlit because you understand the production process of what makes it possible, right? 
and perhaps in her experience of 11 years working on different uh, projects that she's producing, is, is she working in tandem with development on why they chose this? Or is there is there any sort of collaboration or bridging between those two yeah, departments? I mean, probably. I mean, I, just from my, my experience in this, in this space would, would just say that I think it's hard to make that cross jump um, without... There, there, there are a lot of people who, pro- let's assume that there are a lot of people who want that job. And let's assume there are a lot of people who spent a lot of years under some type of tyrant in an assistant position in the development side of the business. And now it's their turn to shine, right? So assume it's a fairly competitive space that people want to get into. And this person has 10 or 11 years not related into that space. So the way to make that jump is going to be your referral, your network, right? Your network that literally get you to that position. But you know, I'm going to make the leap that Eva is probably correct. Let's let's go with her assumption of she's going to have to take on less money and take a step back. And can she actually do this? You know, when I when I read through this, when I uh, listened to the question, um, I think she has a fundamental problem of like, no, the employers, you're not going to make a case to make more money. I do not think you're going to. If you're going to take a role that is more junior, I do not believe you're going to make that case. And I think it's kind of a dangerous case to try and make because if you're the employer. Like I want someone, if you look at someone who has, who's overqualified in many respects, right? To then take an assistant role, that's already one leap that the employer needs to make. But then all of a sudden behind that, you're saying, oh, I'd like more money on that. Essentially what it's saying is it's putting the money aside. I've got someone who's a flight risk that they think they want to do this, but all the things say like, this is a little bit of a risky venture for them. And then in a year they're going to go, I want to go do something else. I, I got that out of my system. So uh, this, anyone who knows me, the, the number one piece of advice I give to every college graduate that I have a chance to talk to is save, 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 and save. And because when you save, 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 and save over a 10-year period of time, her flexibility to be able to move to another job role because she lived below her means and save, save, save takes a financial question off the table for her to make this move and explore that and take that off the table. That is one huge le- piece of leverage when you go in for a job opportunity to say, I want this job, not I you know, need this amount of salary. It, it takes some of the needs off the tables and focuses back on the wants. Mm. I've, I have seen it work in some occasions. So where I've seen it work is in smaller organizations that really don't want to lose someone that they want to retain that person because they feel like that they have the potential to be able to grow into that role so that there is a a sort of planned staging of we're going to transition you into this role for a certain amount of time and then you're going to be able to grow into this next role, which actually is equivalent. So we're bridging for a certain amount of time because we're kind of banking on you to be able to deliver this because you're already doing great work over here. Yeah. Right. So I've seen it in smaller organizations. I think in larger organizations, it gets way more difficult because there's standard policies and procedures and there's an approval system. And somewhere down the line, somebody's going to say, what? This person's going to get this amount of money to be an assistant? Who's I'm not going to set that precedent. Denied. You know, so I think that in a large organization, it can be tricky, you know, but really, I would urge Eva to think about what is your skill set? What is your value? Where can you use this skill set? If she wants to stay in the organization, where can she use this? And what is unique to her that she's going to bring to these roles? And then how does she cultivate relationships so that it's easier for her, for other people to be an advocate for her in these lateral moves? And in her current role, my, my number one piece of advice to her is put your hand up 
for every opportunity possible to work or collaborate or be on a task force or do anything that she can to expand her experience because all of that is the stuff that she's going to work on her resume to be able to show that she is transferable, not just in working in TV production, but also in other parts of the organization. But she's got to be really proactive because otherwise, if she doesn't have the relationships, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you said. And I feel like in the ideal world, you would imagine someone who's been there for over a decade, the employer would say, OK, I understand you want career growth. Here's an obvious one for you to pass off to come over here, and here's a way for you to get there. The fact that she's is submitting this question though, and knowing the and guessing on the size of this organization, it sounds it sounds like it's highly fractured. That it's that pass off is not that simple, and she's making the leap to say I need to be an assistant. Like that's the thing that kind of threw me off. Of like, in order for me to, to move forward on this part of my career for this path, I need to be the assistant in this space. Is that fully? I mean, if you want to stay in that organization, maybe, but maybe now is the moment to look to other organizations because production development, whether different roles, there's clearly going to be overlap. And I bet you the maybe this maybe a smaller organization, for argument's sake, might offer a unique opportunity. So it's like one of those trade offs going, how much do I like this organization versus how much do I want to kind of try this different career path? Um, I I don't know, but the framing of the question makes me feel as though that pass off is not going to be a smooth one inside the organization. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just because it should be that. Like I would, if someone I, this happens all the time at situation. People have been there for a long time, want to try something new, and I don't want to lose that person. I'm going to work with them to try and find a way for them to get that. But we're a tiny company, right? You know, you put yourself next to a ten thousand person organization. They're just not structured that way. Yeah, I I do. You know, if development is something that she really wants then that, that's kind of a different question entirely. It's like, how do you build your resume and your experience? And where do you go? And what other opportunities do you look for outside your organization where you can almost rebrand yourself? Yeah. You know, but like if she's been in this organization for 11 years, she probably is very clearly put into a bucket. And it's hard to change that perception of you being in that bucket and people seeing you as being able to do something else. I've seen great examples of people leaving large organizations and heading up um, – you know, divisions of smaller organizations that are complementary to what they did, but still pretty different because yeah. they're still leaning on all of their years of experience and working in the industry. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, uh, one thing I would say is it, again, save and f- starting today and saying, look at the cost, your, your living costs and do everything in your power to control your own destiny and get your costs under control and save because it'll give you the flexibility at a later date, whether it's in two years or three years or four years. Um, I hate hearing questions about people wanting to shift careers solely based on living expenses. Like in, in a space of the restrictions based on living expenses. And I know there's a lot of things, some things you can't control, but when you look at someone's personal budget, you really begin to go through that. There's a lot more we can control than we give ourselves. Uh, there's a lot more we can control. And Eva, I, my, my little piece of advice is cultivate relationships, figure out where you're the best fit, and then really put your hand up to get as much experience in that area as possible so you can make this transition. Yeah. Ten years at an organization is impressive. Yeah. So she's obviously good at what she does. Good luck, Eva. We hope you liked this episode. And if you did, please rate it on Apple Podcasts or leave us a comment or share it with somebody you think is stuck. This helps us reach listeners who could benefit from these conversations. And if you'd like your own question answered, go to our website, stuckpod.com, and submit a question. Season three of Stuck is created by Equilibrium and Situation in partnership with our friends at Synopsis. It is produced by the wonderful Katie Byrne, Peter Ujicic, and Stephanie Connors. 
Big shout out to Mirror Tone Studios for putting up with us again. Our theme music is Rockstar by Owen Mulcahy. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.